Mark here for Mark 2.0. I wanted to, Gordon and I wanted to come on and do a promo, but first start off by wishing all of our uh, guests and all of our, you know, wonderful followers, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Gordon. Thank you. I was just on the phone with my, my daughter, who's soon to be 18, graduated, just graduated high school this year. So one of three. That's great to hear. And how fitting was it that this past week we were able to, you know, interview a legend whose dad was a big name himself, Len yes. Chip Hawks of the Tremolos. Yes, and his son Chesney. Yes, exactly. And I just got his box set CD. And what people don't realize, <laughs> what people don't realize about uh, Chesney is he had a string of hits in the UK and in Europe, we only knew, knew him from one hit, but he had, you know, uh, caught up in circles. I'm missing you, missing you already. What's wrong with this? What's wrong with this picture? And this major hit. I am the one and only. The one and only Chesney Hawks. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to either go on any audio platform or if you want to put a face to the name go on our youtube channel and you can see gordon on there gordon had to deck out early because he was he's currently touring with right said fred he got the weekend off uh and how was the tour so far <laughs> give me a favor mark hold, yeah hold, hold up the box set again sure no, that, that's Chesney Hawks at the age probably of 17 or 18 years of age. 19, yeah, probably. Yeah, he, he looks, uh, he's a little older now. He's 50, 5-0, so. <laughs> but he still has a full head of, head of hair, unlike us. <laughs> anyway, oh, no, 2022 has been a great year and it's been a lot of fun and the fun is continuing. This week we have coming up, uh, it's Wednesday, is it not? Yeah, uh, Wednesday, uh, let me start out. We have uh, two guests this week. One will air on Wednesday, one will air on Thursday. We have actually my eighth grade teacher uh, who's still teaching and she wrote this, you know, fascinating uh, book, you know, fictional book about called Into the Shadows. It's about a girl and her family, uh, Yugoslavia during World War II, and it's it's remarkable. I'm really looking forward to having her on. Uh, another self-published, just like uh, Tommy Dole's, and let the listeners know our other guests this week. And the other guests this week, if you've seen the Disney movie The Rookie, which tells the story of a pitcher by the name of Jim Morris, who was the first round a first round draft pick of the Milwaukee Brewers who spent one or two years pitching in the low minors, who unfortunately, arm injuries, he wasn't able to continue his career. After four surgeries, he hung up his cleats and gave up his uh, dream of playing baseball and became a physics teacher and a baseball coach down in Texas. And then at the age of 35, coaching the team and the team being amazed at how hard he threw, they compelled him to try out again for the major leagues at 35 years of age. So he went to a tryout for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. And not only did they sign him, but that very same year, he made his major league debut. 
and he pitched uh, the end of the 1999 baseball season, and he started the 2000 season, but unfortunately, arm issues came up again, and he was once again forced to retire, but it was such an amazing story that Disney turned it into a movie, and now Jim Morris, who will be on the podcast this Wednesday, uh, he's now a motivational speaker and highly in demand, tours all over, talking about, I'm sure, chasing your dreams. So we're going to have a great conversation with him. Again, that's this Wednesday, the 23rd, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. And next week, we have a great guest, too, of the brother, uh, two brothers pop duo, Hue and Cry. Uh, Gordon's going to brush off his Scottish accent. Uh, Greg Kane of Hue and Cry. You remember them from uh, such songs as... Paul Gordon really doesn't like me to sing, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Labor of Love and uh, Never Stop Looking for Linda. But they've been uh, on top of the pops several times, just like Chesney has, just like a lot of our guests have. I think Gordon is on top of the pops too. Scotland has some of the greatest music going. And I'll yeah. tell you, in North America, in the United States and Canada, you don't hear it. They don't sure. play the good music like from Scotland. You got the Bay City Rollers, and that's it. Exactly. Scotland's amazing. Sean Connery. You know, forget it. Scotland's and the best. That's another great thing about the podcast. You never know what accent you're going to have, uh, Gordon, because we're interviewing people from all over the world. So we are world-renowned podcasters. We can now <laughs> we can now say that. And another thing that people don't know is that Gordon is quite the basketball player. He was supposed to star. Yeah, you, you, you still are, but you were supposed to star in uh, Slam Dunk Ernest, but Richard Leacock beat you out for the role, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, know what I mean, Bird? Well, if we're talking about accents, um, probably one of the most interesting guests we had in that respect was when we talked to Taco, who came out with the 1983 smash hit, Putting on the Ritz. And this guy was born in Indonesia, grew up in Europe, spent time in Seattle, Washington, and now lives in Hamburg, Germany. And he can speak Dutch, German, and French. He speaks all the French, speaks all these languages. So, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun talking to people with all these different backgrounds, different stories, different life journeys. And uh, I, I, I just want the train to keep on moving. And one thing that I get out of it, and you get out of it too, is everyone thinks, oh, these people are a star. They've made it. They've had their, look at somebody, there's just about all of our guests, but look at somebody like Brad Johnson, who had to grind his way through the NFL and, uh, you know, was backup starting, won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before Brady, brought them their first, you know, uh, Super Bowl, and luckily they changed those creamsicle uniforms. <laughs> oh, what were they thinking uh, before he got there? But just all of our guests, Richard yep. and Viv Leacock, they've had, uh, you know, I loved when Viv came on and explained how he got that uh, role in I Spy with Eddie Murphy. It was amazing. You know, th this is the thing. You tend to think that Oh, you know, Viv Leacock, um, Richard Leacock, Brad Johnson, you know, the, these well-known 
famous. Derek McGrath. He had to grind Derek, his way Derek through McGrath. the industry. Yeah. That, oh, they're not going to want to come on and do a podcast interview with a guy in Phoenix and a guy in small town, Ontario, Canada. But they're wonderful people. They enjoy the format. They enjoy the conversation. They enjoy sharing their story. A lot of them are still very active. Brad Johnson is incredibly involved with charitable, doing charitable work. Um, also, he's blowing up TikTok by doing crazy, insane trick shots. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal. Basket, the guy should have been a basketball player. And what's uh, so maybe. great about us, it, it just happened to fall this way, is that being Father's Day, this is the perfect time. We've had so many people, you know, uh, like Jack Doles and his son, Tommy. So, such an inspiring, uh, look at uh, the great parents that Richard and Viv Leacock are. And things like Brad Johnson, his son is uh, plays for Texas A&M quarterback. Unreal. This is the thing, uh, you know, a lot of these names, if you haven't watched our previous shows, watch them. You'll find out you'll meet some incredible people listening to the old episodes. And you uh, brought Jack up a great point right there. Watch, it's, it's on YouTube, because then you can put a, you know, face to that name. That's right. And uh, you can- I mean, watch. anyway is fine, audio too, but- Yep. You can like, you can subscribe. That way you don't miss any content. You can also throw up your comments. We love reading what you have to say. And uh, Mark brought up Jack Doles. If you don't live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and if you don't hyper follow the, the Olympics, you might not realize who Jack Doles is. He's the sport director for an NBC affiliate called Wood TV in Grand, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And he's covered the last Olympic Games, the last 11 Olympic Games for NBC itself, for the network. And so he came on, told us about his life being a, a broadcaster, talking to you know, world-famous Olympic athletes, as well as the Tigers, the Lions, the Red Wings, the Pistons. Uh, but... Um, he then put us on and he had us speak to his son who has written the book Gridiron Redemption, which is the story of his son who tried out for tried out and signed contracts with two NFL teams, but then sadly, three times too, twice yes. with the Bears and once with the, contracts uh, with the Bears. Yeah, he got released twice by the Bears during one preseason and once by the Atlanta. Falcons, and uh, he wasn't ready to hang up his cleats. He wasn't ready to put his helmet away. He wanted one last season. He wanted he wanted to keep playing football. He put so much into the game. He just didn't want to walk away at such a young age. I think he was 24 at that point. And so he went to Europe and he played for a semi-professional team in just outside of Paris, France, a, a team called Le Corneuve, Le Flash. De Corneuve, and uh, it's a, it's an amazing book. I couldn't recommend it highly enough. And Jack then also referred us to Bill Barkley, who we haven't talked yeah. about, uh, a gentleman who went started going deaf when he was five years of age, and then around 26, 27, started to lose his vision. And as much as those were body blows, especially you know, having conquered deafness, learn, learning to read lips and to use hearing aids and adaptive technology. Then he finds out his sight is going 
And um, he was able to transcend those challenges and has gone on and he's climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. He's run the Boston Marathon twice. He's gone 500. He's gone on a 500 mile trek through Spain to inspire and to bring attention and awareness, not just to people with blind deaf issues, but to people who need to want to transcend life's challenges because we all face challenges. So the train's not stopping. And another guest that Gordon wasn't present for because he was on tour. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> jo I'm joking. He got the times mixed up because, uh, you know, UK and all that was Owen Paul. And Owen Paul is a, a fascinating story. And Owen, if you're listening, we'll have to have you on again because you were just such an inspiring guest. And Gordon wants to, you know, yes. has, has some questions to fire your way. You know, he had a major hit and the record label wanted him to call my favorite waste of time the record label wanted him to create the exact same type of music and he was like no you know kind of like mm -hmm. what happened he explained that's what happened with george michael after he did faith he uh did the listen without prejudice i think was the album the one that had uh freedom on it and they wouldn't promote it because george michael you know it was a completely different sounding thing anyways he has, a, he has a similar story, you know, and he's still going. That's what that's why I'm so jealous of the Europe and the UK. They're having these major festivals and the 80s is alive. And I mean, they, they have it here because I went to the, you know, mixtape tour yep. with Rick Astley in Vogue. Uh, Salt and Peppa. Salt and Peppa and uh, New Kids on the Block. And it was sold out. It was, it was awesome. And they're, they're, they have another one in September, Gordon. And some of your bands are going to be there. Uh, your old girlfriend, Dale Bozio of Missing Persons, <laughs> is going to oh. be there. There's about seven naked eyes. There, there's about seven or eight groups. I'm planning on going to that one. It's just, I, I love this revival of, you know, 80s and 90s music. Yeah. Oh, no. Nostalgia has always been a big thing. The only thing is, you know, kids in their 20s and 30s don't know what nostalgia is yet. They will. When they get to be in their 40s and 50s, they'll find out that their youth, now your youth is nostalgia. When I was a kid growing up, the nostalgia was the 60s and the 50s. Now I'm, now I'm in my 50s and uh, the nostalgia is the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. Well, look at another guest, Charlene, and, and that's what's so great about this podcast is we ask things that reporters that, you know, CBC, CNN, you name it, uh, BBC would not even think to ask. Like Charlene, we talked about, uh, of course, her hit, you know, I've never been to me, but then we also brought up, well, you did a duet with uh, Stevie Wonder, the man himself, the, the legend, and she explained how that came about. She explained how how the writer, and that, that's what people don't realize is they some these musicians also have writers who write for them too. I mean, some musicians write their own stuff, but this was a really dark song called Used to Be. And I loved hearing her explain that story and why it was a flop and why it couldn't be on airplane. Well, it wasn't so much a flop. It, it, it was more or less censored. It was kept off the air. It Good point, get, yeah. It did not get wide play because of what were perceived to be objectionable lyrics. And so if you want to find out what we're talking about, 
go back through the archives, check out our previous episodes and click on the one for Charlene and you can watch or listen. She's alive and well and going strong down in uh, Texas. Texas seems to be where everyone is these days that we're talking to. Jim Morris is from Texas. Charlene is from Texas. So. And one thing that anyway. you, you brought up a great point too, is that these are not time stamped. You know what I mean? The, these interviews are timeless. Yep. doesn't matter when we did them. Nope. No, we're, we're talking about what the person has done in their past, what they're doing right now, and what's coming down the future. It, we're, we're talking about their journey, the journey that they've been on, what they're doing, and the road ahead. And we want to make sure that, and I'm going to post all the links for like Chesney Hawk's website, Owen Paul's website, uh, where you can get you know, uh, Tommy Dole's book, you name it. And another guest that we're going to be having coming up is uh, Taco's, Taco introduced us to him, James Arena. He yes. wrote the book Hot Summer Jams, which I just ordered. I'm looking forward to reading it. And Taco just came out with a hit called Hot Summer Jams. And this is the thing. Now in today's world with the technology available now, it used to be the only music you would hear is that which programming directors with radio stations would decide, okay, these are the records we're gonna play on the air. And you don't realize how much great music there is out there that doesn't get onto the playlist, that doesn't pass through the programming directors. And now the way with the, the centralization and media, yeah, you have individuals in New York and Las Vegas, or not Las Vegas, but rather Los Angeles, who are determining what content is played through syndication across the United States, across Canada. And there is, thanks to the internet, thanks to platforms like Spotify, like YouTube. Apple, uh, yeah. Like Apple, thanks to these platforms, thanks to modern technology, now artists can bypass and they, they can get right out to their fans and you can listen and decide, wow, Maybe the radio station doesn't like this artist or this music, but I love it. And you can listen to what you like. And you might click on to Owen Paul and go, why did I never hear of this guy? Or, or Chesney Hawks. Yeah. yeah. So Taco to too. And what was great about that Taco interview, and somebody actually shared it on YouTube, is that we talked about other hits. Super yes. Physical Resurrection, you name it, you know, and and, and, and coming up, you'll be able to hear about Hugh and Cry from Scotland. Yeah, the maybe they'll, maybe they'll the ask world. you to join their, uh, you know, group. I, I'm going to have to watch Braveheart again yeah. to get it done. The exactly. problem with my Scottish accent is it's Glaswegian. There we go. And, well, and, and Glaswegian, you know, that's a tough, that's a tough town, all right? That's, you know... That's a dirty town. That's a rough town. We'll have to wait and see say, what Greg thinks of your accent. Uh, we'll see what he thinks. It's not bad. My granddad was Scottish. Oh. He used to say, go get me that cartoon. Oh, yeah. what? The cartoon. Oh, you mean the curtain? Ah, that's right, the cartoon. So, and it's anyway, also got, important to point out that, and we forgot to mention our... Uh, Vince Gratani, our theater guest. You know, I knew him from, and I did not know that at all. I knew him from 
Gordon calls it Cottage Life TV, which it very he was on Cottage Life TV in Ontario. I knew him from the weekend guy on Island Life TV. Such an inspiring guest. And now he's in what? He went from Muskoka to Cape Breton Island. And he's going to be, I'm sure he's going to be doing some theater up there. Well, he's still heavily involved, but behind the scenes. He's writing, he's directing, he's producing. You know, there's so much that goes into the entertainment industry. It's not just the individuals on the camera. You've got writers, you've got directors, you've got editing. There's so much work that goes involved. The guys you see on screen are just the face of it all, but behind every actor you see on screen or behind every musician you hear, there is at least a dozen other people doing work to get their content out into the media. Yeah. Be it, be it traditional media or even be it social media. And with you, you have some experience in theater. I have very little <laughs> taking college courses and such and studying at the local civic theater when I was in Michigan, but. I, I tread the boards and know about 15 different plays all at the community theater level. The one thing is uh, I did three plays with Markham Little Theater and the plays were performed at the Markham Center for the Performing Arts, which is a 500 seat facility with private boxes. And it was actually that theater was used as the opera house in the movie Moonstruck that starred Cher where she won her Academy Award. Wow, okay. And so I can say that I have tread the boards. I have performed in a theater that had Cher. Unreal. Uh, uh, in a movie and uh, great, great, great theater. But it, you know, it makes you feel like you're in a real professional production. And I played Cat in a Hot Tin Roof, One for the Road, Nurse Jane Goes to Hawaii, Mouse Trap, uh, uh, The Real Inspector Hound. Because of my British accents, right? Yeah. I, got, I, got, I got cast into everything. Gordon, can you do this play? We need someone who can do a British accent. All right, I'll do it. So... Anyway, you got me beat. That's for sure. I mean, I, you, and you, you know, my past, I dabbled in some, uh, working on a ton of TV shows, just doing, you know, extra work when I was in college and, uh, such so my biggest role. I don't think I ever told you this where, where I got the union voucher was playing a dead Santa Claus. You never played, told me. Yeah, I played a dead Santa Claus on this TNT show called Major Crimes. I was just lying on the ground in the tent. You know, they're like, I'm pretty sure I fell asleep. And they go, you did such a great job. They, <laughs> well, I get there and they picked out, it was between me and me and this other person. They're like, oh, we'll take him. And they, they just luckily the draw, they picked me. And it was funny because the next day, get this, they booked us back for a second day at the precinct. And we were, there was 15 Santa Clauses, 14 of us got union vouchers. Uh, one of them did not. And it was funny because they have a rule where you can't cancel, right? With, uh, I was with Central Casting, you can't cancel. I was booked to work on another show that day too, Scandal. So luckily, well, luckily. If they, if they book, what you're saying is if they book you If in, they book you and you call and cancel, you'll be wrapped by the Central Casting. They won't, they won't, you'll call in because you call in and okay. look for work and they'll say no 
we, we can't use you. They'll just, so I, I played it and I was able to do both of them. That scene at, with uh, Major Crimes, 15 minutes. On you screen get, time. For a union, yeah, for a union voucher. And then at the night, we did this scene downtown uh, LA for Scandal. Well, the only commercial, uh, I was in a commercial. Um, oh, probably sometime in and around the early 90s, 91, 92. Yeah. Uh, in university at the time. And Yuck Yucks was doing, which is a comedy, a chain of comedy clubs. I've heard of it, yeah. In Canada. And um, Yuck Yucks had three clubs downtown Toronto. And I think it was at the Yorkville location and which they called their downtown club and they were doing a television advertisement you know come down to yuck yucks you'll die laughing blah 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 and they had us in the audience i was one of the members of the audience and they had a comedian up at the mic and he told the punchline to a joke and then we all laughed like it was the funniest joke we had ever heard in our lives (laughs) stage laughter and that was my my one TV commercial, and it works. I yeah, like it. It works. And actually, there was one other time I got on TV, and that was during uh, there was a TV show in Toronto, and this is in around two thousand two thousand and one. I was working downtown Toronto, and someone got tickets to the Mike Bullard show. And Mike, the Mike Bullard show was a Canadian late night talk show, kind of our version of Conan, Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel. And uh, they had a a studio audience and Mike Bullard is a famous Canadian comedian. Maybe we should try and get him on. I met him at a golf tournament as well. And during the show, they had a comedian come out and warm up the crowd. His name was Tweedley. And he came out and did the warm-up act. And as part of the warm-up act, he invited members of the audience to come up if they wanted and do something, show off a talent, do a dance, do break dancing, do whatever you wanted. So because I do accents and voices, my colleagues at work volunteered me and I went up on stage and I did a few accents and I actually won. Uh, they did an audience who won and because my guy I had a crew of about there's about 10 or 15 of us from my workplace they all applauded really loud when when the hand was over my head and so I won uh, all kinds of passes for palladium uh, dinner for two at Alice Fazuli's and a bunch of gift certificates and things like that probably four or five hundred bucks worth of stuff it was worth it it was fun not bad at all and it was on tv and for oh about the following month uh people were coming up to me and would say were you on tv (laughs) and i go yeah i was on the warm-up show for the mike bullard show i should have got maybe i should have gotten myself an agent (laughs) yeah then you wouldn't be doing this come on this is this is more important than that Pick, (laughs) pick your priorities gordon well, let's face it, we are responsible for Taco splashing back onto the scene with hot summer jams. It wasn't until he came on the Mark 2.0 <laughs> that Taco's career started going 
Zoom again. It had nothing to do with him or James Arena coming out with Hot no, Summer no. Jam's Paul, book. Paul Mark and I. Or and Viv he, Leacock. Yeah. Uh, Viv, Hardy's yeah. getting getting renewed. I mean, when calls the heart, sorry, getting yeah, renewed. When, when Calls the Heart has been renewed by Hallmark uh, streaming For a 10th season. You yeah. think? You think? Come on. And it happened <laughs> just after he came on the Mark 2.0. So if, you, if you're watching this and if your career, if you're coming up to a, a crossroads in your career and you're really hoping for that call or for that song or for that role, come on the Mark 2.0 podcast and it'll happen. And another thing too, like like we were saying earlier, put check out the YouTube channel and subscribe. Hit that subscribe notification because I was watching on YouTube the other day an old episode of The Twilight Zone that Viv Leacock was in. And I remember watching it when it aired on WGN. Well, this is the thing. There are no, and we've talked about this with our guests, with Cameron Arnett, with Richard Leacock, with Viv Leacock. Derek uh, McGrath, I think. With Derek McGrath. We've talked about this. There are not, a, there are no overnight successes. Overnight successes are very, very rare. Incredibly rare. Unless you're Chesney Hawks. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. But uh, typically what happens in 99, 99% of the time, especially in the acting profession, Actors are working for years and they're doing small little roles. They're getting an episode where they play a character. Take a look at Michael Richards, who played Kramer on um, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Before that, he was in an episode of Cheers and he was in episodes UHF of, with yeah, uh, UHF. Weird Al. Yeah, he was in all kinds of shows and he was building his resume he was building his reputation and then when they did Seinfeld they said okay this guy's a known quantity he's been working in the industry for five six seven sometimes it takes 10 15 years before and an actor gets that that big role that break and th remember that comes to mind what uh Derek McGrath said when he got on doc and he's like Billy Ray Cyrus and luckily it played off well because both Richard Leacock and him were seasoned actors. Yeah. Well, you know, you bring up uh, Derek McGrath and the story I liked most hearing from him was that he was on Dallas and he had a recurring role. They kept writing his character into more and more episodes. And he'd done, I think it was 15 or 16 episodes. At least. He was on like yeah. a whole season or a season and a half. Yeah. Yes. And he, so his agent was talking to the producers of Dallas and saying, give the man a contract. Because while the, the, the stars like the Patrick uh, Duffy, Patrick Duffy and uh, uh, Hag Larry Hagman. Yeah, and what were some of the women on that show? Uh, Linda Gray. Uh, Linda Gray and what have you, they're making 40, 50, $100,000 an episode. Whereas Derek McGrath is working and irrespective of how many episodes he's in, he's making 25,000 a week. And he brought up a great point. He said, I was getting more airtime than Victoria Principal. Yeah, that was the actress I was trying to yeah. remember the name of, Victoria Principal. 
and she was getting 40,000 an episode and he's getting 25,000 a week. So he's, you know, in, in, during a, a week's worth of shooting, they might do two or three shows. So she's got 120 grand and he gets 25. And so he was asking, his agent was saying, you, you, you're having this guy in every show, give him a contract. And the producers, no, no, we'll just call him when we need him to come down from Canada and he can fly in. And then CT, and this is what I love, CTV came along and they said, hey, we've got a show for you. You can be the star, the, the, you can be the, the headline star of the show. And it was called My Secret Identity. And Derek McGrath said, sign me up. And it starred with him, his co-star, a young Jerry O'Connell, who had just come off Stand By Me. That's like that, that type of error. That's what I loved about hearing even Derek McGrath when he when he spoke with us. He said that he had the star billing, but he said really the star was the the main character was a was a different individual. Now was that show big when? when do you remember it in the eighties or no? To be entirely honest, I don't. No, that's fine because it was actually on our local Fox station, not as a Fox show. But in syndication, like 5 p.m. on uh, Saturdays, and it must have been, I talked to uh, a friend out here who's from L.A., and he said he remembers it. So it must have been like that across the affiliates in the U.S. Yeah, well, um, what I loved about that, though, is Dallas, then he has signed a contract with C. They called him back to try it. And, and they called his agent and said, yeah, we need Derek to fly down to L.A. next week. We've got four episodes to shoot. Uh, so we'll book him in at this hotel. And, you know, and his agent said, sorry, he can't come. And they're like, what do you what do you mean he can't come? We've got like four episodes written with him in it. He has to come. And he says, no, he signed a contract. He's got his own show now. If they had signed him to a contract. He would he would have still been performing on Dallas. That was almost like a J.R. Ewing type move. You know, they had to rewrite the whole script. I I love that interview. Derek was such an amazing guy to talk to because he one, he's had such an amazing career, and two, he has such an amazing perspective on it. And what I couldn't get over as well is notwithstanding, he's got to be around 70 years of age. And he's still getting roles, Kim's convenience. Yeah, major and, and top of show. That, talking to him, he has so much energy. Full of life, yeah. Yeah, he was so full. He what, remember we were doing the interview. He couldn't sit still. No, he, he's bobbing. I mean, if you he watch emailed, the video, he mailed us back just so you know, and was like, "Oh my god, my head! Why did I not adjust it?" Which yeah. I thought it was fine. Tacos was like that. I thought it was great. You know? Well, what Mark's talking about, if you're watching this, you'll, you'll understand. But when Derek McGrath, we saw about yeah. this much of him. And, yeah. and, and the whole time he was talking, go, oh, that was great. And he would move yeah. and he was talking. And he is a very animated, animated, wonderful. I wish that we were in the same room. Just like together, his characters, just like his different yes. characters, Newhart, uh, yeah. Golden Girl. And that's what's so great about us is we'll bring up, hey, Jeopardy, uh, Alex Trebek want to be from uh, Golden Girls. Yes. And uh, Cheers, of course, Andy Andy, where he played a homicidal maniac. 
And I'm going to get, you got to listen to that. If you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it because it's incredible. But I'll give you one little teaser from it. He talked about the fact that he had flown from LA back to Canada and it was Christmas time. And he told his agent, Christmas is very important to me. I don't want you to call me for anything. Leave me alone. It's Christmas. I'm with family. So he was at his um, girlfriend or his wife's parents' place, and the phone rang, and his father-in-law or his girlfriend's father grabbed the phone and said, Derek, it's for you. It's your agent from Los Angeles. And Derek's like, huh? and he picked up the phone, and he said, what are you? And his agent said, look, I know, I know, I know, but just listen to what I have to say. Cheers, homicidal maniac. Yeah. And Derek hey. said, book be a flight right now or words to that yeah, effect exactly so and 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 i think he was in he was in at least two but i think it was actually three episodes no remember they two. called him back a year after because you asked him how do you get back into that role and he goes well we don't want to ruin it you know uh, he, you gotta he check in, out the episode he was in two or three he was such an amazing character i almost think you could have he could have NBC could have written the Andy Andy show. They could have created sure, a, a spinoff. Yeah, they could have created a spinoff entirely from it like they did with Fraser. But anyway, we've been prattling on for I don't know how long. How long? What does the time say? How long? Probably about back? 30 minutes or so, but 30, 35 minutes. So stay on the Mark 2.0 train. Subscribe, like follow us on all platforms. We got a lot of great guests coming up. And one thing that you know we do is we're reaching out to these people that's how we get these people on we ask and we're gladly if somebody comments if you want us to reach out to somebody that you think would be a great guest feel sure to comment we and that's what we do also we've had a great mix of guests because it's not only people we think of it's hey taco would you recommend someone sure james arena you know you name it uh hey jack do you know of anyone bill barkley and and the list goes on and on. Hey Richard, do you know of anyone? Sure, my bro my brother Viv. Yeah. And it's been and such a great journey. It's not not just that. That was just an idea I came up with. We're reaching out to people left and right that come to our mind because our mind is as producers of this podcast, our mind is spinning with ideas and with guests. And that's how we've gotten an enormous line of just iconic guests. And we're that's not all I can shy. say. We're not shy. If we can find an email address or contact information, we'll reach out. Mark came up with the idea and uh, he hit me with it. He said, well, what would you think of this? And he said, why don't we ask our guests at the end of each show? Either We do it after the show. And sometimes ended. it's not even the representative. It's the actual artists themselves. Like, for, for example, when we reached out to Tim Reed. Yes. Because uh, uh, Gordon and I are both big, you know, well, we're big TV guys but uh, WKRP in Cincinnati and his agent was willing, his representative was willing, but understandably at that age, Tim just wasn't interested. Yeah, We love I the guy. It's all good. Know. Yeah, exactly. But these are the names that Mark and I spitball back and forth. We throw out names of actors, singers, athletes, prominent individuals, NBA players, you but, name it, whatever it may be. Reaching out to these people, but there are some that we're not, you know, we can't think of everything. So if you if you think 
hey, this would be an amazing person to have on, throw up a comment. Send and what, what came to my mind, Gordon, is what I'm going to start doing is because you need content on these social media platforms and we're doing one, two podcasts a week, which is great. But I'm also on going to be on Instagram before. And I think I'm going to explain, oh, who do we have coming up? And if you want to join me, uh, feel free, because I know on Instagram, you can do a live together with people, you know, on there. And I'm going to start, you know, before like we're doing now. We, who do we have coming up this week? Oh, we got this person. We got that person. We have Jim Morris this week. We have, what's the name of the- your Jennifer uh, Geyer-Jowan. I'm just the Shadows say, is the book. I'm just going to say Jennifer. <laughs> you can just call her teacher, teacher. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I was in church today and yeah. uh, there are two Syrian refugees who have been sponsored by our congregation. Yeah. And- uh, the one girl, uh, her name in Arabic, um, if you say it wrong, it's uh, a profanity. Wow. And it's okay. very hard to pronounce because it has a huh and a huh sound. Yeah. So, and if you get it wrong, you're swearing. Wow. Okay. So everyone just calls her G. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, now I forgot why I started to tell you that story. Oh, it's because I, that's why I'm not saying the author, your your grade eight teacher's last name. Okay. Because if I can't pronounce it, I'll just stick to the part I can pronounce, Jennifer. Sure. Sounds Jennifer. good. And, and there's another guest we have coming up later in August. We'll be talking to a gentleman by the name of Pastor Steve Coy, who is with Momentum Campus Ministries that uh, in Canada has congregations, um, places for Christian students to stay connected to a church yeah. community while they're going to school. And th that's yeah. the thing about this podcast, we bring on all different walks of life. You can't find a more diverse, you know, lineup. Eclectic. Really, it really is. And another person we have coming up uh, in August is Maya Wynn. She's yes. an amazing artist from uh, Gordon's Old Neck of the Woods, Portland. And she's also, she, she does her solo work, of course, but she's also in this band called Envy of None with, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, the name, the band Rush, Alex Lifeson. Rush? Rush? I believe that they played at your prom, right? <laughs> Tom Sawyer was playing at your prom. <laughs> Anyways, on that note, you know, we'll leave it at that. We are going to leave all the links of all of our guests because buy their merchandise, check out their uh, CDs. I, I just bought a Chesney Hawks uh, t-shirt, actually. It should arrive in three to four months because it's coming from the UK. <laughs> and a Hue and Cry t-shirt, too. So we really appreciate all of our guests coming on. We got a great guest coming on in the future. And Chesney Gordon apologizes for being on tour. Uh, we will... Have you on again sometime when you when your new album drops? You're such an iconic guest. All of our guests are. We thank you. Happy Father's Day again. And one thing, one else thing that I wanted to chime in on is my dad passed in 2017. He would absolutely love this podcast, what we're doing. My Great. Dad, my dad passed in 2013. Miss your dad. Yeah. 
Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Stay tuned. The Mark 2.0 has just begun. We've only just begun, as Karen Carpenter would say. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it.